hosting the Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. About technology. Fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 192, and I am joined here on the banks of the hill at Mrs. Macquarie's chair overlooking Andrew Boy Charlton Pool by Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. This is have to be the most scenic Two Blokes Talking Tech we've ever done. Yeah. Lovely views over the harbour here. Yeah, well, we'll post a photo on the Ziggy Zaggy because it is a bit strange, to be honest. But we are here, thanks to the good people at Netgear, to bring you half an hour or so of the latest technology news and information. And let's do that right now. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, we should start off with why we are at the Andrew Boy Charlton Pool because I'm not actually a pool goer, as many people would probably know, having seen me or seen photos of me. And we're not here together, we, Stephen. We don't yeah, we, we're not here together. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, no. We're, we're, we're here with Logitech, or more precisely, you. UE, Ultimate Ears. Now, my recollection of the company UE, Ultimate Ears, uh, being different from the radio station I work for to UE, is in about 2007, they were they were bought by Logitech. And it was, I remember getting the first set sent to me for review. They're like, these are amazing. They're, they've got their roots in um, actual audio on stage musicians. And the idea was there was a guy called Jerry Harvey, who uh, was like a band manager for uh, not, Van Halen. Not, not boss of Harvey Norman. No, should, not him. Should um, and, and he was, he created in-ear headphones that were fully moulded and were fantastic for artists. Monitors. They're called monitors. So yeah. they didn't have feedback and they, yeah. they could hear themselves and, and true sound. Right. And it was unbelievable. It went rockets for them. Yeah. And then in 2007-08, uh, Logitech bought them and started a real heavy consumer push. And they've they're, you know, they've still got the in-ear headphones, but one of the things that they jumped onto very early was the Bluetooth speaker range, and their UE Boom was probably one of the one of the best in the bunch mm-hmm. for a long time. The cylindrical style, uh, very very nice design, also waterproof, so it made it great for the beach, for the bathroom, yeah, for take, any part of the home. Take anywhere speaker in it. It's really it's yeah. what they call the the social speaker, so that you could use it among friends and everyone can share music to it and. Uh, They've taken that even further tonight. Yeah, and so what they're uh, announcing here in Australia now, we saw this quickly at CES. It was at uh, it was at their stand uh, at the Unveiled Show. Is the mega boom, and this it's actually similar, I will say, to the to the what Beats have done with the pill. They had the pill, and then they have got that giant pill. I don't know what that's called, but it's a giant bloody thing. This is similar. It's a, it's a big version of the UE boom. It's called the mega boom. It's going to be three forty nine in Australia, and it'll be on sale very soon, if on not if, if not now. Yeah. Um, it's a nice looking product, Steve. Oh, same as the UE Boom. Range of colours, all the great features, waterproof and stuff. And I guess it's just another evolution for the brand and the product. Totally right. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, the, uh, the speaker is obviously bigger than the original than the original UE Boom. But uh, what I like about this is that, look, there's a, there's a sea of Bluetooth speakers. And I remember talking to uh, Rory, the, the head of uh, UE. Yep. Well, Rory Dooley. Rory Dooley. And uh, he, I asked him, I said, w- what's the secret sauce here? Like, what, what, there's so many speakers on the market. What, what I like about this, and he, he, he mentioned this too, was that the app really differentiates it from, from the others. Like the app, yeah, you can just you have can, a Bluetooth speaker, yeah. sure. But if you use the UE app, it has a lot of functionality. You can turn it on, use with the app and off, and you can then pair Multiple. multiples. and uh, So it really gives you a bit more control. But 
in terms of sound quality, of course, that's priority. And UE coming from that sort of premium audio audio side, they've really brought that to the product as well. So, and but again, it's it's that speaker that can that can sit in the middle of the room, fill the room, fill for your friends and family, whoever that want to listen to it. So it is it continues that sort of social speaker theme again. Yeah. And and the the last thing I'll say about it, it's a big speaker. It's not just a little you know for your, for your bedroom. This is huge. It's a it's a good sized speaker. Could easily you know entertain the whole family in the lounge room could easily be for the barbecue out the back a great device it can go that. anywhere too it can be wet you can drop it and kick yeah. it and do all beach poolside it's yeah. a cracking good speaker and uh, we'll have photos on social plus uh, full review shortly techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au well it's that time of year again where we're told about the the worst passwords used around the world and it just it never ceases to amaze me just how stupid some people can be <laughs> yeah. and how and, and that's, they don't learn. And let's talk passwords as learning. Well. Yes, well it is it is all about the world's worst passwords and I'm talking as a password, okay? This is this is actually the worst password that people use. Most common most common worst passwords is one, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> and hang on a minute. Second worst is the word password. Well, here's where it gets worse, Stephen. So the lazy among you who have these passwords, the third best is one, two, three, four, five. You couldn't even be bothered putting the six. And then and then the fourth best are the people that, that go, oh, it's got to be eight characters. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So people, so let's let's be clear. There's 25 passwords listed. You can read them all at techguide.com.au. The, the, the thing to remember here, though, is that this is 25. These 25 make up 2.2% of the passwords the that, that were passwords. obtained. So that's that, a lot of passwords. So that means that 2.2% of accounts are vulnerable using one of yeah. these 25 like, words. As I said on my on Tech Guide, the headline was, if you're using one of these world's worst passwords, change it now. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. This is, let's be clear, it's not actually scientifically the case that these are the top 25 passwords in the world. It's just a, a warning from a security company. And here's how they do it. They obtain um, leaks, basically. They, where, where a hack occurs, they get access to that hack. Either, you know, they pay for it or they, they, they get it through the hackers and they actually then analyze the data. And because mostly hackers, when they hack, they, they post the information somewhere to brag. And so these security companies download that information and they're able to then analyze it and find these passwords. So let's be clear, it's it's passwords on places that have been hacked. It's, it's probably not all the Facebook passwords in the world, no. but still, it's a bloody important warning. Change Absolutely. your password. But I think let's offer some hints here. We're not just going to be dissing the bad passwords. Let's also offer, say, a listener some value mm. and give them some advice on how to choose a good password. Now, the, the key is obviously to have a different password for all your different sites, all your different accounts. Yep. And AVG, an online security company, who better to ask than, uh, than them to come up with some suggestions? What they said is to choose three random words that total 12 or more letters. For mm-hmm. example, lightning, anchor, planet. So three seemingly unrelated words. Put them together, capitalize some words, some letters, add a number, and to differentiate it between, this was my suggestion, say you want this to be your Facebook password, yeah. maybe make the first word start with F. Hmm. And then for Twitter, make the first word start with T. Because that's, that's for so recall, on. so you've got memory. Yeah, so that way you, you're, you're, at least giving, you're at least giving yourself a chance to remember it. Yep. And it, it's long enough, but it's, it's, not, it's not the, uh, the symbols and, and the, uh, the numbers that make it difficult to crack. It's the length of the password that makes yeah. it difficult to crack. So those 12 letters all together yeah. make it difficult. And look, my, so I, I totally agree with that advice. Um, what I would say is 
I accept, and it's really important that we, we don't just assume people are going to use a different password, whatever. It's bloody hard, and I get that. Please make your bank password individual. Please make your email password individual. Don't use those ones anywhere else because they're the key to your identity. If you must share a password across, across a couple of sites at the least, use these tips. And I'll give you an example how I make a password. Um, I'm looking here. There's a lot of cars around. I'd go with Jaguar F-Type, right? So there's there's a pretty long set of, set of words. And you capitalize a few things. Capitalize the A in Jaguar, the Y in type, and then throw a, a number in the middle and maybe a, a dollar sign somewhere. Or an exclamation mark or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And it sounds difficult when you first do it, but after you've done it three times, because you've got to put it in twice straight away, you'll realize it's very easy to do. One, one, someone jokingly suggested to me that you should make your password incorrect. So that way, when you when it rejects, it says your password is incorrect. <laughs> so, uh, you can maybe, maybe not the best advice. You can read the full list of the 25 worst passwords on the planet at techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. So IPTV, we talked a bit about Netflix in the States because you met with them there and had a bit of an insight into what they were doing. You also um, exclusively revealed your your thought for the launch date for yeah, Netflix, which my is thought, March. It was my, my couple sure. of sources thought. I'm going to contest that shortly. Um, <laughs> uh, being You've March the 31st. Information, have you? Oh, I'm just speculating. Speculation's solid, fun, isn't solid it, right? Solid mail. Two so, words, solid mail. So 2015, and I would tell you that over the next three months, everyone in Australia is going to be inundated with these three names. Presto. Netflix and Stan. The marketing dollars that will go behind these are enormous. Um, my information is that the marketing dollars being spent on Netflix in March is enormous. Um, Stan, obviously, is Fairfax and Channel 9. It'll be enormous. Presto is Foxtel and Channel 7. It'll be enormous. So you're going to hear these names around. You're going to wonder what they are. They are all streaming media services. If you love watching TV or movies, you're going to love these services. They're all going to be roughly 10 bucks a month. Presto is 10 bucks for movies plus $10 for entertainment or do, join them together it's 15 oh, no, 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 no. in the middle. Essentially you're going to have to pay 10 bucks to get access to TVs and movies. Yeah. My, and my, my Netflix is be similar like my information on Netflix is always start at 9.99 and there'll be 11.99 and a 14.99. What do you get what's the tiers. difference? The the number of people who can stream at the same time. Okay. You'll also have uh, more access to movies, I think, on the top tiers, and also um, you'll have access to 4K streaming on the top ones as well. Okay, right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's that's good. That's good to know because I wondered how Foxtel had justified getting the, the $15 price point. Um, movies and... I, I've been playing with Stan for a bit. The, the app is excellent. It streams to both AirPlay and Chromecast. So I watched a whole TV show in high definition in my bedroom on the Chromecast. It was sensational. A great library. Stan has a library deep with uh, BBC content, ABC content, SBS content and of course Channel 9 mm-hmm. content heaps of movies every Bond movie so there's a lot of content there yeah. my guess is going to be adver- Channel 9 which is part of Stan yeah. they're already advertising the fact that Correct. shows are going to become available there was a show that was awarded at the Golden Globes called Transparent which is about a, a family whose father uh, is dressed up as a, as a woman she's, yeah. he's transgender and uh, they're already advertising the fact that they're going to show the first episode on on John Gem now on oh, TV right. and then you can watch the entire series on Stan so yeah. they're giving you a taste on TV and then steering you towards the streaming mm-hmm. so here's where Presto and and Stan are going to try to sort of they've got they've got this other thing that Netflix doesn't have and that's mm-hmm. TV stations behind yeah, them yeah, yeah. so they're going to be enticing you to steer you towards those services my guess is people are wondering which one's going to win and which one's for them the problem is none of them will win they'll all be here they've all yeah, got a long solid future ahead and I think you'll find people will subscribe to multiple because people will want a bit of depth in their library and they'll find that there's no depth in one or the yeah, other and I so think, they'll probably go for a couple of options that's what I reckon will happen yeah, in the no, long I agree run. I think that, that you know a couple of a couple of ten dollar services per month is, isn't sort of beyond the reach of most people but 
I think that people are going to judge these not because they've got an affiliation to Nine or Fox or whoever. Nah. It's the content. Absolutely. People are going to say, what's Netflix going to offer me? Am I going to see House of Cards? Am I going to see Orange is the New Black? Marco Polo. Stan has got all these other programs coming in. Presto has got all this other Foxtel content too. People are going to sit back, I think, and see what's what's available, and then they'll make their decision. They're not just going to just bowl just bowl into one of them. They're going to sit back and pick pick and choose yeah. first. And you know the challenge for Foxtel? It it looks like it's a Foxtel service because you, you hear about it through Foxtel and all that kind of stuff, but it's so not. I turned it on. I was showing my wife last night, and she doesn't care at all about any of the stuff that I do. Doesn't care about technology at all. And I said, "Oh, what? Are you, she said, what are you doing?" I said, "I'm playing this new thing. I'm watching this show. It was like an American politics show. It looked cool." And I said, "What's those shows you watch on Foxtel? How, new How Real Housewives stuff?" Yeah. I looked it up. It's not on Presto. Now it's on Foxtel Play. You can get your Real Housewives of everywhere on Foxtel Play, yeah. Yeah. not on Presto. So Foxtel is still playing the content game in Foxtel. So they've got a real challenge ahead winning people over with content depth and they have the content but they're also reserving it for their for their subscription with, TV. With uh, Presto, are they going to have because I remember when it was when before Netflix was even going to come out when it was just a remember that it was a 1999 service they yeah. dropped it down to 10 yeah. bucks and it was SD standard def yeah, only. There's no HD in it's there. still standard mm. def. So that, I reckon that's a factor too where yeah. people want to look I've got this beautiful big TV I want to watch HD not SD. Also Presto can't be Apple Play. Press second only to be Chromecast. So true, yeah. a lot of little things like this yeah. will come into it, and and, and you know, Stan can Net- do both. Net- yeah, Netflix and Netflix has Netflix has got an Apple TV app. My information, Stan yeah. will have an Apple TV app pretty soon as well. Yeah. So it's you'll see on Apple TV, isn't it? Yeah, and also a lot of smart TVs have got Netflix apps as well built yeah. in. So a uh, really interesting few months ahead with streaming media. Absolutely. Love to hear what people are thinking. Love to hear what people are, are, are planning to to trial because there'll be free trials of all of them. So let us know. Hit us up on the Ziggy Zaggy hashtag. Let us know what you're thinking when it comes to IPTV and streaming media going forward. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Now, we do it all thanks each and every week to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. And I, I simply, my biggest takeout from CES from the people at Netgear was the Arlo smart cameras. Um, I have never wanted a product so much as these things because of the simplicity of setup. You you have a small little kind of box that attaches to your router, and then you have, let's say you bought the, the box with four cameras. You have four wireless wire-free cameras for your, for your home. So you can put one in the living room, one in the hallway, one in your kid's bedroom, one in the office, and you simply press a button on the camera, press a button on the router device, and they're paired and they're available. They're recording video to the cloud. An Australian cloud will be set up for it. This is going to be a cracking product, and it's, uh, and it's called Arlo, A-R-L-O, and it's coming, to, coming from Netgear around March or April this year. So stand by for that. And if you want more information, Stephen's got some, in fact, at techguide.com.au. But, of course, check them out at netgear.com. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. So Vodafone announced a very interesting device. I saw this on Tech Guide, Stephen. Um, we're looking at it now. It's a very weird-looking device, which is essentially bringing internet to the homes of people who are really struggling with their home internet connections because you know ADSL is shocking when you compare it to the kind of needs and, and desires that we have for the internet these days and when you think about streaming services like Netflix and, and Stan and the like you're going to want bandwidth but you're also going to want connectivity it's a, it's a challenge because you pay a lot more for 4G yes. but this little device is a nice looking little box that will give you 32 devices in your home yeah. which is a staggering amount I've only got 30 connected simultaneously at my home is that all? yeah the, uh, yeah, this is from Vodafone, the uh, the Huawei Wi-Fi Cube 4G. Now, it, it utilises Vodafone's 4G connection, which they say has uh, covers 95% of the Australian metropolitan population. So what this is, this is, this is a device that gives you connectivity, creates a Wi-Fi hotspot in your home, but 
piggybacks off a of Vodafone 4G connection. So you're not going to get, I think the top the top of the line plan is 90 bucks a month and that gives you only 25 gigabytes of data. Now a lot of people have commented on my story already thinking, look, that's nowhere near enough. But I think the, the type of user this is aimed for, I think for someone who may live in an apartment, just just has a couple of iPads and... and uh, Doesn't mind watching smartphone. the odd YouTube video, yeah. maybe wants to watch a movie now and then. Yeah, someone who's sort of low... Not not a huge demand on on like you know this this would never be work for like a big family of children like teenage kids like I've yeah. got like it, it'd be all right if you're streaming the odd Netflix show but yeah. if you streamed you know five or six a day you're going to be in trouble <laughs> and the, the the beauty of this is that it's, it's simple to install it's obviously got a SIM card built in uh, and up to 32 devices can connect to the internet through the device as well uh, there's 24 and 12 month plans uh, available they start as little as twenty dollars a month uh, on either plan all the way up to ninety dollars a month and for ninety bucks you get 25 gig at the at the very bottom you only get two and a half gig so uh handy if you don't want to commit to a uh, a full-blown fixed broadband connection you might not even be able to get it in the first place that that might be another appeal here but uh yeah or you can buy the product outright for 159 bucks and then just get a prepaid uh sim card and go from there be just be warned people and read that read the story of tech guy because it's got the data limits you need to you need to understand your data usage before you sign up to a mobile broadband plan um to replace any existing broadband that you're using at home read the full story at techguide.com.au the huawei 4g cube from vodafone Now, uh, the McGrath Foundation has been around for 10 years now. It was uh, obviously started up by uh, Glenn McGrath and his wife, Jane, his late wife, Jane, who unfortunately passed away from breast cancer. They've been very active in raising not only money but also awareness of uh, of breast cancer. No one's done breast cancer awareness better than the McGrath Foundation. Full stop. And uh, and they've come up with a really a great idea this year to uh, to raise money. Now we all know the Cricket World Cup's going to start in a, in a few weeks. And to be clear, this is the biggest challenge for a charity. Yeah. Not just creating awareness, not just raising money, but doing something different every year right. to try and keep that awareness. So yeah, what they've come up with is the McGrath Foundation Digital Cup, which is kind of a version, their own version of the World Cup. So what you do to play, it's obviously a online cricket game and what you do you create your teams you can join a team now here's the thing you want to play the game which is pretty a lot of fun i've got to say it costs you ten dollars to join and if that's you, a donation and that's your donation to the charity if you want to coach a team so if you want to put your own team together that's 30 bucks and then you invite players so you're in charge of that team you play other teams so there's and there's a tournament proper that starts uh from from February the 14th, it goes for two weeks. So to run coincide with the actual World Cup itself. Yeah. So McGrath, obviously being a former cricketer, using uh, you know his uh, his relationships with cricket and uh, and and allowing people to play this game, chuck in ten bucks to play, and that's right, a right. donation straight to the McGrath Foundation. Who want uh, to what they've done that they've set up, but they want to raise money for the McGrath Breast Care Nurses. They've got a, a group of nurses who. Uh, can support families going through breast cancer. Yep. They want to uh, increase the number of breast care nurses to over 100 to support the more than 10,000 families uh, who are going through breast cancer as we speak. So the address is uh, www.mfdigitalcup.com.au. I've got a link from Tech Guide anyway, but a great cause, and you can have some fun at the same time. Check it out at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And we talked at CES and we talked before about drones and, and, and the, the number of them were at CES and how that's going to grow. I, um, I've been looking a little bit at some of the conversations going on online, especially here in Australia, about drone laws, drone regulations. And I noticed a couple of days ago uh, a guy in uh, Townsville claiming that he'd been contacted by the Civil Aviation Safety Authority 
um, told he should remove the videos that he had on YouTube, sent a fine of $850 and a warning that it could have been 20 times that because he had 20 yeah. videos showing infringements. Now, I called BS on it straight away because I just thought, mate, it's just not happening. So I picked up the phone and I called the Civil Aviation Safety Authority and I had a great interview um, with their representative last night. It's on Your Tech Life, the podcast, if you want to have a full listen. But here's what's interesting, Stephen. The Civil Aviation Safety Authority is not on YouTube looking for people infringing on drone laws, but they are responding to people who dob in people. Mm -hmm. So if I see a video of someone flying a drone next to Centrepoint Tower and I ring Cusser and say, listen, you might want to go to this website on YouTube, they're probably going to look at it. They're probably going to see if they can identify that person and that person will be contacted and potentially fined. It's, I it's, think that's it's, good it's, news. Isn't that an easy give up, though? You post yeah. your videos, you give up yourself, even more reason to stay within the rules. It, it, it's created a little bit of controversy in some of the conversations and forums I've seen online because people are going, oh, you know, don't. But seriously, if you abide by the rules, on, yeah. you don't have these problems. And the rules are very clear, Stephen. We've been through them a million times. Yeah. You can't fly over public areas. You can't fly within five kilometres of the airport. You can't fly higher than 120 metres in metro areas. A couple other things like that. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to do. And they're great to fly in beautiful, picturesque areas where there aren't people you around. Have it here. I think we might be in an exclusion zone here. Just right? it might be five five k's of the airport. Five k's no, of the airport. No, it's eight k's away the airport. You know, this is an interesting one because the, oh. one of the rules is also thirty meters of people, yeah. and I don't know whether that's to take off or to fly over and whatnot. Yeah. So it's a very interesting kind of middle ground that needs to be found. And here's what's key, though. I, I expected there was going to be a big change this year in the laws. Mm. Nah. He basically confirmed to me that they're looking at how they need well, to change the laws. The laws are fine. People just got to follow them. Correct. But there's going to have to be changes because of the number of the drones and the commercial applications yeah. for them. But, mate, public service bureaucracy, he said it's going to be it's going to take them a year to look into, and it won't be until next year that they even change them. Okay, so, look, drones are so new. and we, you know, we, The drone laws we have now were, were established in 2002. Yeah, that's right. But 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 drones themselves have hit a craze. They're, they've become to a point now yeah. where you know it's the new yo-yo. You know, It's a craze. People are going in it. God, I wish everyone, it was cheap as a yo-yo. Yeah, exactly right. But uh, everyone's getting into them. Christmas time, there was a stack of them. CES yeah. everywhere. So it's like everything new. People have to get used to, A, the rules, and B, how to fly the bloody things. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, I saw a video on YouTube. Oh, no, it was on, someone shared it on Facebook. This guy should be locked up and put in jail because he flew it over Istanbul. an airport. Istanbul. Did you see that video? Yes. yes. He took off across the road from the airport. where I think it was in Turkey, I think. Turkey. Yeah, where, wherever it was. And flew over the airport. He yeah. had video shooting down of planes landing and. He should off. be locked up. He should. There should be an APB out for his arrest right now. So, there's some people out there who are going to spoil it for everyone else. Don't be that dickhead. Yeah, yeah. Be, <laughs> don't be go. that person. Ziggy zaggy that, people. Don't be that dickhead because that's exactly what you are. The rules are simple. The rules are easy. But from, from my point of view, uh, it was a great chat with, with the people from CASA. And uh, not a huge change coming, but um, still a great warning that you should be aware and you shouldn't be posting stuff online that you're doing wrong. And don't do the wrong thing in the first place. Listen to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, I've uh, came across an interesting report from AVG, the uh, online security company. They did uh, some research, uh, and it was all about older Australians, and I'm, I'm talking 50s and over, you know, seniors, boomers, those sort of people, and how they use their technology. Yeah. But there was one part of the of the research that really caught my eye was around the fact about how they feel they're being treated by tech companies. Oh, yes. Yeah. So it was surprising to learn, though, that more than half 
said they felt a little bit patronised, whether they're in store, on, on, the, on the phone to people. Yeah. 56% said they, were, they felt like they're being talked down to by the tech company. So really? It's, uh, it, 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 it becomes as a bit of a shock, I think, that there's such a high number of these people, of older Australians, feel that companies don't really respect them. Like they are customers yeah. after all. And you know why that annoys me, and I think you relate, because these... The, the, the older Australians are actually our primary audience on the radio and those kind of things. And they actually are very savvy, but Absolutely. they often have the disposable income to buy the stuff. Absolutely I mean, right. seriously, look them up and help them out because they're likely... Mate, my, my mother-in-law won an iPad mini the other night, decided to challenge. She said to, to Amanda via text, I bet you we've got more iPads than Trevor does at the moment. Yeah. I said, hey, just, just quietly, you're very close, but you don't. But they've got so many iPads in their house, she's trying to challenge me. I mean, yeah. they love these devices. That's right. Now, that, I think yeah, that, that uh, a lot of... Uh, look, 50 and over... That's that's a large chunk of their customer base. Yeah. So I think you, you probably see the scenario where there's like a 20 year old kid on a help desk yeah. trying to talk a 65 year old through some through some problems they're having, Patronizing. and and really sort of getting losing patience and getting getting short with them. I think you know they they, they deserve a better go than that. But anyway, the, the the research went on to say uh, apart from that, it did illustrate what you just said a minute ago that they are that we are pretty savvy uh, our older users. Uh, yeah. Whoa, whoa, on the we thing, man. No, no, <laughs> start we, free. As in Australians, <laughs> as, as in Australians. I know you're nowhere near fifty yet, mate, and neither am I. I'm oh actually, yeah, I'm a few years off it, mate. Close to me. Uh, <laughs> but one, here's another thing that caught my eye: uh, older Australians are among the greatest users of wearable products. In really? Oh, you know, and I'll give you another really? example. I visited my uncle my, um, who lives in Canberra. Uh, he'd be 60. He and his wife live alone in a beautiful old country town. Took the kids down. Each of them had an iPad. Each of them had a jawbone. There you go. And I just went, yeah. oh, my goodness me. You know, yeah. so that just shows yeah. the wearable thing is absolutely valid. But there is a list I've put on Tech Guide if anyone wants to see about all the popular digital products they've got. Camera being the top. Everyone's got a yeah. digital, 79% have got a digital camera. Obviously, a breakdown not of that. Not a smartphone, mm. not smartphone, yeah. but a digital camera. And obviously computers. And there's also some information on how savvy they are on social media. A lot of them on Facebook to, you know, keep that. That's the way people communicate nowadays, especially with their grandchildren and children. Yeah. So some interesting stats there. If you want to read it at techguide.com.au. That's what we recommend people do. And if you've got a thought or a comment on it, you can go on uh, Twitter. Follow me at Trevor Long. Follow Stephen at Stephen Fennick with a PH. And uh, just gibber away like we do with the Ziggy Zaggy hashtag. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, we always uh, wrap the show with a couple of minute reviews, Stephen. And um, you're probably going to need more than a minute to talk about the uh, wonderfully beautiful uh, OLED TV from LG. Yeah, now this is the LG 55-inch uh, OLED. It's full HD OLED TV that's already available. At CES, they're talking mainly about 4K OLED. This is a, a current model, 55-inch. Uh, it's the 55EC930T, if you want the exact model number. It's also curved. I was going to say, is it curved? It is curved, yes. And I've got to say, the, 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 it is, it is a, a remarkable TV. Now, OLED as a format offers, uh, for static, it's self-illuminating. I should explain that. It does produce its own light so design wise LG really went to town on this the, 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 the thickness of the screen is only 4.3 millimeters. it's mm. incredible but the black levels uh, just have to be seen to be believed colour reproduction is amazing sitting next to them LED and OLED next to each other OLED leaves LED in the dust uh, it is a brilliant TV a little bit more expensive than a normal LED TV but as I said in the review, you get what you pay for. You're getting a much better TV than LED. You're getting all this this quality. Uh, so you are obviously going to be paying a little bit more for it. It is newer technology, but 
on the on the on the bright side though, this same TV two years ago was twelve thousand dollars. So for it's three triple nine now, and probably in retail you probably get it a little bit cheaper than that. So definitely worth a look. You know when you're watching full HD content like Blu-ray movies, uh, when uh, full full HD uh, content on TV, this really shines. It's got it's got the the end uh, the imaging engine uh, under the hood that really produces great color. It's got a wider color gamut, which I've described as having a bigger packet of pencils. Pencils. A lot you know, of talking about gamuts. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, know you, you can buy the little it's a very good packet. point. The old Faber Castell. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, it's like having the biggest pack of pencils. You can you can produce more color. So uh, definitely worth a look. It's also got the Web OS software running on board, which is really easy to set up, really easy to navigate, and also the uh, the magic mouse as well, the to to control everything. Does it come with the standard remote as well? Because that was my only bugbear with no, the LG doesn't. remote. It doesn't come it with the standard. It comes with the magic remote, which uh, which I, I quite like. You know, my parents, uh, I, I put them into a, a UHD LG TV. I've recommended a 65-inch for them. My parents picked up that remote and can use it, not straight a problem, away. straight away. Really easy to use. But uh, definitely, I think, you know, one of the best TVs I've reviewed in recent times, this LG TV, OLED, really something else. It's 3999 uh, from LG. Check it out at techguide.com.au. And uh, round it up here for us in the beautiful... Um, blue skies of uh, Sydney's Mrs. Macquarie's chair with uh, a look at some of the stuff that we saw at uh, CES, in fact, from Garmin. Yeah, I had uh, a, From uh, Griffin. Griffin. Griffin, yeah, yeah. I had a bit of a hands-on look at their stand uh, and they had mainly things to for connectivity, uh, for charging and organising cables. Uh, they had a really nice amplifier, the 20 Bluetooth amplifier, which basically can turn a regular stereo system into a Bluetooth Beautiful little-looking system. Really too. nice, but their charging solutions are interesting as, as well. They've got a PowerDock Pro that can charge up to five devices at once. They've also got a a couple that you can stick in your wall and still display your device so you can still see the screen. They also had a plug that had three USB ports in it as well. Cable organizers. This was good. They were cool. There's one there called uh, that they can, it, it's got a little magnetic plate and these little pieces that allow you to move them around to arrange your, your cables uh, quite easily. That's called the guide. The hanger. This is an in-car cable organizer because we've got cables in the yeah. car as well to charge with. They've also got the sleeve which allows you to hide all your cables. But here's my favorite. This is the iTrip Auxiliary Deluxe. This is the the auxiliary. This to me is something Bluetooth. that I originally know Griffin for. Yeah. So what well, if you you say if you're driving a car that doesn't have Bluetooth built in, this can give your car Bluetooth. So you can connect this to your to your car. It'll then turn your car stereo into a Bluetooth system. So if you can receive a call and stream your music through that system as well. They also have the iTrip Auxiliary Autopilot, which lets you not only charge your iPhone but also stream or directly uh, connect your music to your car stereo as well. Very nice products. Check them out at techguide.com.au. And that's a wrap, episode 192. Thanks to the good people at Netgear. We'll be back again next week for more tech news, information, and reviews. Uh, until then, Ziggy Zaggy, if you want to get in touch, at Stephen Fennick, at Trevor Long. We'll see you next week, Stephen. Yes, you will. And uh, hopefully the surroundings will be as nice as this, Trev. I don't know if I can arrange <laughs> that. We'll see what we can do. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long 